Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call and talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is March 7th, 2017. This is the 15th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that's found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. Coming off a weekend that's been full of Nintendo Switch, also the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I want to get to those both here in the main topic. Let's start with that Nintendo Switch launch. Uh, you know, the last time we did a show was March 1st, and so that was a couple days before the launch, and even you know when we released it, it was still a little bit before uh, the midnight launch. So for those that went to the midnight launch at your respective retailers, uh, I hope it was an interesting adventure, a successful one. Uh, if you got it through Amazon, hopefully that went well. Uh, Amazon had some issues there, shipping out Nintendo Switches and uh, even canceling some Master Edition orders of Breath of the Wild. But my midnight launch experience was a little different. And I kind of want to document it here, I guess, just almost for posterity's sake. So I went to Best Buy. It's where I had my pre-orders done after the Japanese event. It was one of the first pre-orders to pop. I could pick it up in store. Uh, So I found that to be the best thing. And I had some extra Best Buy credit there. So that kind of helped. So I slept from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Because I'm not a late night person. I'm like, I'm not going to stay up. I won't make it. So I slept for three hours, woke up at 11 Left my house at uh, like 11.30, got through the store at 11.50 p.m. Still a line outside the store, a pretty long line. I guess they hadn't really let people in at that point, which was odd. Or maybe they had let some people in and there was still a line hanging outside. So I kind of get there and be like, is this you know for people who have pre-orders or, or not? And so I guess everyone's kind of mingled in there. They open up the store, they feed people in, and they eventually split us off into two lines. And that's fair, you know, one with pre-orders, one without pre-orders. Well, the interesting thing was it was something I had never seen before, really. Uh, There were three cashiers active, and they were the ones that were helping out those without pre-orders. Yes, I guess the thought was, at least probably from a retailer's perspective, would be that, well, the ones with pre-orders, we basically already have their money, We want to reward the people who've been waiting and hoping without the pre-orders. We want to service them first and have our confirmed customers wait it out. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, Interesting that, you know, when we were getting in the line, they had racks of accessories. They're just, you know, amiibo, carrying cases, things like that. And among them, the Pro Controller. And man, that was a real gut check moment. It's just like, oh man, I did not have a pre-order for a Pro Controller. The days leading up to it, you hear about all the disconnect problems with the Joy-Cons, and you're hearing how good the Pro Controller is, and it's like, man, I would pre-order it if pre-orders weren't sold out, but there it is, right there. And so you best believe I was weak and got a Pro Controller, uh, and that was uh, a good decision, I think, ultimately, because the Pro Controller is a really solidly well-built controller. It's, it's really nice to use. Uh, but that was an interesting gut check moment there, and uh, so that, that was that was something. Uh, so the three cashiers, they process all the people. Fortunately, you know, had enough stock. Uh, no one was turned away. No one was unhappy, and that was surprising. That was good. And then they get to those in the pre-order line. And it's like suddenly they didn't have, so they had only a couple cashiers working fine. We get through. I got out of that store at 1230 
a.m. And that's so unusual when you consider something like a place like GameStop, you know, for other midnight launches that I've gone to, like they'll process the order, you know, if they choose to before that, but you can't leave the store or at least they have a system where they're, they've got everyone and they're ready to go and they process it quickly at, you know, 1230. That was, that was unusually late. So drive home, get back home about 1250 a.m. And then I unpacking, you got to take some photos for social media, fine. Uh, and also just do the system setup, you know, just getting things updated, get your Nintendo network tied into it, get all that set up. Then I slept from 3 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. just to have, you know, a normal work day on Friday. And man, that was, that was a long day, but I was just, I was dragging throughout that whole day. Uh, my time with the Nintendo Switch, 90% of the time, it's been in handheld mode and I am loving it. Uh, you know, the time I've been playing in console mode with that Pro Controller, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's really nice. But uh, for me and how I've wanted to use a device like this, uh, you know, last time we talked about, especially with the indie storefront, uh, you know, Nintendo Switch is kind of taking up the Vita's mantle. Uh, and this really does seem like, in a way, a competitive successor to PlayStation Vita. Uh, just a nice, powerful handheld. And it's it's remarkable to play a game like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on it and be like, man, I'm I'm totally untethered from a TV. Like, I'm just playing this. It's all comprised. The processing power is right here. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, occasionally, I do get a very weak wireless signal when I'm trying to use it. And that uh, report has been kind of popped up every now and then. I, I don't have any issues with Joy-Con. I'm not putting it behind my back. I'm not having, you know, great distances, you know, for the, the wireless connection. Uh, and, you know, with the battery life, you know, the three hour time for Zelda, like that's actually about the time like I should be playing before I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably move on to do other things. And if I wanted to play for longer, that's, yeah, when you can dock it in console or, you know, you could do the the power connected to an outlet like that. That's fine. So I don't think the battery life is an issue and it's actually worked out really well for me personally. That's as far as using the Switch goes. Let's talk about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, though. Uh, I am about 20 hours in. Um, and this is no spoilers, uh, important to note because, you know, I think the internet's been very good at keeping things spoiler free and I want to continue that. In fact, in a few weeks, I want to plan a spoiler cast when, you know, more people have beaten the game, when it's uh, a commonly done thing that we can kind of all talk amongst each other in a spoiler filled fashion. Uh, and that way it's available for those who take a little longer uh, to beat the game. But as far as spoiler free goes, I am about to start the third part of the game's main overarching quest. I think that's a, a fine way of putting it. So I think I'm probably halfway through the story and it just goes to show what a, a long and beefy game it is, just how much is in that open world. And as far as a, a game review or anything like that, I don't think there's much more that I can say that reviewers have already said, really. Uh, but all I can say is I am hooked more than I have been in a long time for a game. I mean, I think maybe Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain is the last time it's gotten like that close, but this is a better game than Metal Gear Solid 5. Uh, I'm enjoying this more than Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm thinking about this more than Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm actually getting to the point where a couple nights in, like I had a dream about playing this game. That doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, if ever, and so like that really goes to show the power that uh, that Breath of the Wild is having currently over my life. Uh, now, obviously, Breath of the Wild—it's a big shift 
in what we know a Legend of Zelda game to be. Uh, you know, Zelda is almost infamous for the the tutorials, the hand-holding, and a very linear sort of story path. And yeah, you can go off and explore the world, and there are secrets to be found in 3D Zelda games of the past. But I think, you know, for this game in particular, it with the big open world, it really opens up to, there is the mystery, there is the wonder. There are moments where players can say, okay, well, what do I do next? You know, what, what can I do? Let's go exploring. And if people have issues with that, I think they should lose, in a way, their right to say, oh, well, games today are, are too hand-holdy. I mean, this, this is the perfect open-world game, in a sense, for those people who like to complain about that kind of thing, where they really just throw you in that open world, you get the items that you need, you, you know, can tackle them in any order that you want, and then you're set off to do whatever you like in whatever order that you like. Uh, it's it's really, really an impressively designed game for sure. And it's certainly taken cues from different games. Uh, this game was not designed in a vacuum. Whether you look at the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim or the Dark Souls series, I mean, just you know, picking up everything in the world, just a big world at your disposal. And also the game is punishingly difficult. It is probably the most difficult Legend of Zelda game that they've ever had. I mean, the amount of times I have died from basically one-hit kills is staggering. Uh, just the amount of times I've died, period, is is remarkable. Uh, to the point where I was getting frustrated at a couple points, and my wife asks, you know, well, you know, if, if you're still playing and going forward with this, I mean, why not play Dark Souls? Because that's not a series that I've found even interesting or possibly enticing. Like, I don't play games for the difficulty. But with Zelda, the way they have their autosave system, in most cases, because there are a couple outliers, but in most cases, to have the autosave system basically you know, throw you right back to something we can just jump right back in and try something different without much punishment. You know, you're not wasting your ammo in essence like that. Uh, it's, it's really, really well done. And it's the point where you just want to keep trying and, and try different things and use different tactics. And I think what makes me interested at the end of the day is that it, it's underpinned with The Legend of Zelda. I mean, why go to Dark Souls? Because Dark Souls has a lore I don't care about. It's a world that has no connection to me, but at the end of the day, Breath of the Wild is a Legend of Zelda game through and through. The characters, the scenario, the legend, as it were, uh, it's it's all there, but just it's taken a different approach. And it's it's remarkable to see the exploration be so rewarding. The secrets that are being talked about and you know shared with friends online and offline the sharing stories of the different crazy ways that people have died in this game it's that community discussion that's really reminiscent of games past and it's a special feeling with this game in particular uh, i came across a boss that if you get that far you may recognize you have to come across 20 shock arrows uh, during part of your quest and it, it involves encountering an open world boss uh, it's, you know, required for story progression. And, you know, when I first encountered him, I'm like, all right, let's, let's try to beat him. Punishingly hard. So difficult. And, you know, some people have beaten him and that's, that's really impressive. That's great. But for me, it was a point where I was dying in one hit and like you could not mess up. And there's a ton of health. I think it was, what, 2000 HP? Like that's, that's pretty crazy for that point in the game. But then, you know, I, I kind of talk to some friends online and do some research and say, oh, 
Well, you can stealth your way around that because all you need is the arrows. So that's what I do. And then I progress in the story. And yeah, maybe I'll go back and, and take on that boss in the world. Uh, but, you know, I was able to progress. And I wasn't at a total standstill because there is that conversation that's happening. I think that's that's really impressive. So at the end of the day, people are wondering, is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild the best Zelda game ever made? All time best ever. And it's pretty remarkable with a Metacritic score of 98 with 71 reviewers. It has a 97 on Open Critic as well. I mean, I hate to harp on it, but it all goes back to one of the earlier episodes we did of the show where I did uh, 11 predictions for the video game industry in 2017. And when I said, you know, oh, Breath of the Wild will have the highest Metacritic score at the end of the year, I thought, you know, there's a pretty good chance of that. And now we're looking at 98 right now. It's, it's looking pretty solid. I mean, few games have ever eclipsed that mark. To say it's one of the best reviewed games of the last nine years. Uh, you know, that's remarkable. I mean, scores going back to uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 was the last time on, on that website in particular that uh, an, an average aggregate of review scores reached that high. That's it's remarkable. But I think it's still too early to tell. Uh, you can look back at the critical reception for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword and people saying, oh yeah, well, people gave uh, Skyward Sword tens back in the day, but how has that turned out? And then they play Breath of the Wild and it's, their minds are blown. Uh, you're seeing some tweets like that, which is interesting. But it's a good point. Uh, you know, a lot of people are very high on Zelda games if they're done well very early on. But I think the public consensus, it's dependent on game completion for one, but also time to kind of stew on it and think about how uh, it's really developed. Obviously, it can capture you in the moment, but I don't think we'll know the full answer to, is this the best Zelda game of all time uh, until we wait on it? And, you know, it's tracking that way, though, and it's certainly capturing feelings that people had of the original game back on the NES or even Ocarina of Time, just, you know, the exploration that could be had. But I think it's important when we start eventually having those conversations of if Breath of the Wild is the best game of all time, or, you know, people could even put it in that argument. That, that's crazy to say, is it the best game period of all time? But as far as best Zelda game of all time goes, when we start having those conversations, I think it's important to note best versus favorite. Because we certainly all have our favorite Zelda games. And certainly some people can say, well, Ocarina of Time is my favorite Legend of Zelda game. But, you know, there are certainly some possible nostalgia goggles that are being there. I mean, you compare Ocarina of Time, a, a more linearly focused game that has the extra advantages of, you know, opening that world in a 3D space versus the vastness of this world and the freedom that is possible in Breath of the Wild. I mean, when you talk about game design and just all the you know, clever puzzles, whether it's in the shrines or the open world Korok seed puzzles. Uh, there is so much here in Breath of the Wild that you talk from a game design standpoint, uh, it's it's hard not to argue in Breath of the Wild's favor. But when you're talking about favorites, I mean, certainly Zelda games can hit different people at certain points in their lives. And so Ocarina of Time may be a very special game for certain people. And yeah, that may be their favorite, but we'll have to eventually objectively look at what is the best. So that's what I have to say. I know it's a lot, you know, kind of encompassing both Switch and Zelda. But when we come back, we'll get to the callers. What do you think? I would love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic you'd like to discuss. And don't forget, you can also reply to what another caller had to say, too. That's all when we come back here on The Power Switch.
Welcome back to the power switch. Let's get to the callers. I'm sure we have people itching to talk about Zelda and their first few days of experiencing that game and Breath of the Wild. So let's get things started. Joining us from Michigan, from DashingNerds.com, Scott, welcome back to the power switch. How are you? Always good to be here, Pete. Doing well, doing well. Just taking a bit of a break from Breath of the Wild to uh, come talk about Breath of the Wild. Perfect. Just what I want to hear. So what is your experience like with it? How far are you in? Obviously, we're keeping things spoiler free, right. uh, so your best you can. Uh, what's what's your experience been like? I've enjoyed it. I've done a lot more of exploring than I have with the actual story. I've only taken out one of the main dungeon bosses or whatever mm -hmm. involving the one you have to get there. Those arrows for you mentioned. Yeah, what so was, was what very, was your uh, mini boss experience like there? I had encountered one of those just exploring long before I had even gotten that mission and found him on the rock. Oh, interesting. Because um, there are more of them throughout the the world that you can stumble upon, mm -hmm. and I stumbled upon them in like a forest clearing somewhere. I don't remember when. And I was like, oh, this guy is big. So I did the sneak route. Because I have one of the gear sets which specializes in stealth mm -hmm. and kind of sneaking mm -hmm. yep. around. So yep. just kind of snuck around and picked up the arrows and then jumped off the cliff and sailed away. You know. Yeah, if you keep to the outskirts of that clearing, it's it's certainly possible to do that. Um, but yeah, wow, he is he is tough. And yeah, kudos to those who beat him. Like he is, it's it was very reminiscent of Dark Souls to uh, mm -hmm. I just as even someone from the outside of Dark Souls to you know it's like oh you in one hit if you miss your dodge here you're dead and you got to right. try all and over again it's like oh my god much like Dark Souls also you can kind of bait the enemies to using specific moves I tried fighting him a couple times and he'd do his two hard slashes and just I would jump back for both and on the second one it would enter like the bullet time mm -hmm. slash slow mo which is such a rewarding game mechanic oh, that's so cool it's a very cool one overall though i'm definitely having a good time like i'm having a really good time with it uh i find myself playing it longer than i mean to i've it's the first open world kind of action game where i feel like a very small part of it mm -hmm. like in like just the mountains you climb and everything like that link just feels so small compared to the architecture and everything you see I feel like I am part of like an entire world as opposed to like a continent or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at a point right now where I'm trying to unlock all of the different towers just to kind of mm -hmm. open up that map, at least visually. And I have like three left, I think. And I just hit one where uh, I, you know, I got one stamina vessel upgrade. So it, you know, have the full one and then you have that, that one fifth there. And mm -hmm. for most of what I was exploring before then, you know, I'm like, oh, this is fine. This is all you need. I'm just going to pour the rest of it into heart containers. Well, I hit this tower uh, and it was like, oh, there is no platform uh, that you can easily climb up to. Okay. I mean, just for a long mm -hmm. ways up. Okay. Well, let's see the cliffs around. Okay. Well, there's the only possible one that you could glide to and still have enough stamina, but let's try climbing up these cliffs and through whatever angle, you know, I was just short. And so I, it was the first time where I was like, okay, I, I need another stamina vessel. So I think it's impressive that most of the world is open for just you only need the one upgrade there and because you certainly need the heart containers in this game with uh how hard the enemies hit uh mm -hmm. but i'm i'm glad in a way that I've, I've gotten to that point and so hopefully that one extra the so making it two stamina vessels should uh should cover most of the game i'd imagine 
yeah this game has such a great sense of discovery to it and the use of physics and everything like last night before i went to bed i literally just randomly stumbled upon the master sword yeah yeah that's crazy okay that's cool and i really like how they handle the master sword and so you don't get it too early to make yourself super overpowered it was a it's an interesting idea they had with it and i'm sorry if people are saying you know spoilers the Master Sword is in Breath of the Wild, uh, you know. Master Sword's on the cover. <laughs> Calm yourself. Not a spoiler. Hold on to your butts. Uh, you know, I, I'm, that's pretty cool. I'm interested to look into how to get it, but like, I certainly have not come across that yet. You know, the whole weapons breaking system. I do not is, like the weapon. There's yeah. a couple things that I do not like about this game. It's the I feel the weapons break too soon. I agree, yeah. I think they break too soon, and I wish you could at least do some crafting or cooking, like, out on the trail. Like, I know you can throw items into a fire and kind of cook them, but you should be able to buy, like, a portable pot. That would be interesting, yeah. Or make even simple arrows, just because so much is tied to the arrows in this game. It's a much more important weapon, I feel, in this game, that to have to stop what you're doing go back to a town and buy more arrows or try and scavenge more arrows. I, it just, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And then you're also throwing into, Oh, your bow breaks. Yeah. And granted, there is a plethora of weapons you can pick up. And I've mentioned my dissatisfaction with how the weapon breaking system was implemented. It's like, Oh, well there's weapons everywhere. It's like, I know there's weapons everywhere, but at the same time I have these cool weapons I want to use, but I know I can use them for maybe a fight, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then I, they'll break, and then they'll be lost. So and I do like that it gets you to try different things because otherwise you would just you know spam the one that's your favorite or the one that's you know the mm-hmm. most powerful. Let me take a weapon husk back or like a shell back, and then pay money to repair it, or yeah. give me the option to kind of fortify or strengthen it so it lasts a bit longer. Right. Or I just feel like it, especially coming from Horizon. I came, Mm-mm-mm, I played yeah. some Horizon. And I came to this, which has like an arrow crafting you craft weapons and things pretty much on the fly to keep going well most the arrows anyway right i feel if this had a bit more of like an on the fly resource management because there's so many items you get and that are drops i feel it's a wasted opportunity to just not be able to kind of quickly craft things in the field to help you to help you out yeah, again, not really a spoiler here, but it, it kind of ties into that. Um, after the first dungeon, there's a weapon you get that is it's it's important, at least narratively speaking. Uh, and there's an individual who says, well, if that ever breaks, come back to me and I can fix it. And I thought, oh, interesting. Okay, I'll, good to know that. So it, I get it to the point where like it's almost broken. I don't want to break it yet. So I go back and check and he says... Oh, well, yeah, I, I need this. I need some rupees. I need a diamond. And I'm like, get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. Like, that's ridiculous. It, it's a cool-looking weapon, but it's not like a diamond-worthy weapon. I no, think, I, I no. know exactly what you're doing. And for those of you that haven't played it, diamonds are rare ore material you can get from some points or in some shrines that I guess you can use to repair things like this. And for how rare... you can sell it for yeah. 500 rupees. Yeah, I'll say for how rare rupees are, like, you want to be selling those ores for rupees so mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's crazy there um so i there are some things that are you know i guess minor annoyances but when you consider how well designed everything is and you know even even the narrative again not to go into spoilers mm-hmm. but i really like the stakes in this one 
what Link is. You know, the the choice to, you know, give the player no option to name the characters. I mean, obviously the voice acting. Uh, it's it's okay. It's not great. It's fine. It's serviceable. It's nice to have the uh, the voice it's acting. It's better than Metroid Other M. That's yeah, all I'm gonna that, say. that is that is true. Better than uh, Other M. But to to have them always refer to you as Link and uh, yeah, who Link is this time around, uh, the legend that goes with it all. I I really like the narrative stakes. They're really strong uh, in this game in particular. I think throughout the course of the game, you know exactly what part of the timeline this game falls on. Mm-hmm. But what I'm curious about is when the ten thousand year ago stuff happened. Yeah, like where that yeah. fits in. I have theories, but. Yeah, that, um, I think that I think that yeah, stuff's that, more for that, uh, for spoiler cast there. <laughs> exactly. But my question to you, Pete, is actually I have two questions. Where does Zelda go from here? Hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. It's uh, console yeah, console. they they just had a uh, an interview on Kotaku. Jason Schreier uh, talked to, uh, gosh, I think his name Fui Shibayashi or something like that. The the director uh, of this title in particular. And it basically asked that same kind of question. And, you know, they were just kind of joking. It's like, oh, if it was, you know, so big, maybe we make this one so small. Oh, it's, it's just contained right here in this room where we are right now. <laughs> but I'm, they don't know. I, you know, mm-hmm. I think they still have to kind of see how this fully plays out. And, and you know, like we said, you know, the full reception, like give it time, give uh, people time to, you know, beat the game, a wider audience than just the few that have. Um, but also just time to kind of marinate and sit on it. I think there is could certainly be some interest in creating another game like a link between worlds, uh, at least in the interim, Mm -hmm. because it it takes a long time, obviously to make this game. I mean, what it was, you know, six, seven years uh, from Skyward Sword to this one, six years. Um, So I I think that'll take some time to create another game with this level of polish. I certainly think they'll find success with the kind of open world design and structure that they've done. The combat is is really solid and rewarding this time around. I think, you know, maybe make, make some small tweaks there. But maybe they make a game like Link Between Worlds in the interim that is a kind of smaller mm-hmm. scale, more Link to the Past-like. It was really interesting where, you know, I, I played and beat Link to the Past right before this. And I, I think it... It was an interesting comparison point where, for the time, you know, Link to the Past was amazing and it, you know, set this new standard of what Zeldas could be that they kept trying to emulate it in different ways. But it was a very contained yet wide open world for the time with all those mm-hmm. secrets and whatnot. The sense of scale that Breath of the Wild allows for here is just, you know, there's so many more possibilities. Uh, and so you open it up a lot more to player freedom as, as opposed to, you know, Link to the Past's you know, strict narrative, you know, kind of hand-holding, like this is number mm-hmm. one dungeon. You can go to the other ones out of order, but we're recommending that this is the order that you do, and here's this specific path for the narrative. And it kind of constrained in a, a world for the time. So, you know, I think, you know, Zelda could exist in kind of both those scales, uh, kind of more a tightly yeah. narrative-driven sort of experience uh, versus uh, the wide-open sort of experience that we're getting with this one. Yeah, I think my thoughts are kind of on that same. Keep the console versions more wide open, kind of like Breath of the Wild, but should 3DS continue on or successor to 3DS, if there will be one, I think those will be more the older, traditional Link Between Worlds style of Zelda's. I could see that happening, kind of like how they did with Metroid when um, Metroid Prime originally came out, because you had Metroid Fusion on Game Boy Advance, the more traditional handheld system and then the brand new version on console 
I'd be interested oh. to see their post-mortem statements on Triforce Heroes, because running through the Zelda games in my mind, I totally forget that one exists. And mm-hmm. I think it's because it just it didn't leave a mark. I mean, maybe some people who got to play it with others had a great time, but uh, yeah. man, that's that's a tough but one to remember. Way, like, I have Triforce Heroes. I've had it for ages, but I, I never had anyone to play with, so I've played pretty much none of it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, eh, I'll get to it one day kind of things. Right, right. And then where do you think the DLC is going to be, the DLC story? I'm going to put my money down right now that it's the 100 years past that they keep referencing. Oh, that years would ago. make so much sense. I could, yeah. I could see them doing that, like how the bad stuff and everything happens mm-hmm. in everything that is shown yeah, and because, is talked about. Because the way that they convey what happens there in the past with uh, the memories that they scattered throughout the world, again, it's not, mm-hmm. not any spoilers, but... Uh, the way they convey that, like it's effective, but there's only so much, and so I think there's a way you can certainly expand on that in DLC. Uh, on a past episode, we mentioned, or I've had a theory that you know maybe this is your chance, Nintendo, to have Zelda be a playable character, and mm-hmm. uh, I think you know there is possible potential there if you do uh, the 100 years ago sort of idea. But like I said it all depends on the narrative, and so I think that's that's the way. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really smart idea for how they can handle that. Uh, I'd be interested to see what they mean by the new hard mode. Uh, because yeah. all the people that were complaining, well, well, hard mode comes standard in this game. Like, <laughs> Are you saying mm-hmm. that now after playing this game? You want it to be even harder? You think this was, this was too easy for you? I mean, uh, that would be interesting to see. I just hope that their idea of a hard mode isn't incorporating like a survival mode where you have to eat regularly or mm, yeah, yeah. do those things like that. Because I, I feel that would be a cop out. Right. I feel like I'm eating enough as it is. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, no, my health or my food bar is low. I better eat a salted grilled steak. Or It's weird, but I find myself wishing I could be a farmer in this game. Hmm. Like in a lot of the ways that I've grinded for money or something is I'll cook things and then I'll sell them to the shops. Hmm. Okay. And that can get me a lot of money that way. And then I can sell, but it's like all these mushrooms and these bugs and everything. I just, I I get a very kind of harvesty moon feeling from it with all Mm -hmm. these things that I can plunder. And I wish I could just have like a little plot of land at my house that I could just farm. And then I'd open up like a little role play restaurant or whatever, or like I would think Link's Bistro or whatever, and I would just cook things and then sell them. And it would be fantastic. Maybe that's the new hard mode. Uh, You you know it. Harvest Link. Because I think that they do have a side quest with a a house, right? You can Mm kind of get a house in one of the towns there. Yeah. So, again, that's that's expensive (laughs) when, you know, rupees come out of premium. 3,000 rupees and Uh, 33. Uh, bundles of wood Oof, man to buy it and then that unlocks more stuff to do for your house so wow yeah there's there's so much in this game um you know what has there been a particular way that you've died that you found particularly amusing nothing memorable i rode a deer i mean i caught a deer that, that was that's pretty, pretty cool. awesome yeah uh got to ride a, got to ride bambi that was cool yeah, for all the horse riding that they, the game tries to push with all the different stables and whatnot, like I have a horse. I you know raised it to the uh, maximum bond and all that, but mm-hmm. I find it so easy like, okay, horse, you stay here. I'm going to explore. Yeah, and then I don't ha- use my horse yeah, I'm, much. Yeah, I'm halfway across the map. I'm like, oh, oh, horse, right. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I can just run. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with the shield sliding and then jumping off cliffs and with all that. Oh, my like- God, yeah. 
Yeah, you get the exactly. high point. You get the high point. You paraglide. Like that's all you really need. Exactly. Exactly. You know, this reminds me uh, the uh, the amiibo usage. I have not taken advantage of yet. <laughs> Wolf yes, Link. This is true. Wolf Link in particular. <laughs> yes, Wolf Link and. Like the other Zelda amiibo unlocks like old Zelda tunic. Or oh, that's old awesome. Link that's awesome. It's testing my resolve to not open my amiibo. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I got. I think I just got to bring my Switch downstairs where all of mine are stored and just like plop one after the other. Mm-hmm. That's that's got to be something I do. Have you been mostly playing on the console or the handheld? Console. Yeah. Okay. I do console, and then when I go to bed, I'll put in another hour, hour and a half on uh, handheld. So nice. I've noticed the frame rates that people have mentioned. Uh, it doesn't bother me too, too much. I haven't encountered any of the lag or the desync issues, but I'm pretty close to my system, so it's like, eh. But I'm loving it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Just continuing awesome 2017, that's for sure. So many games. So, so many things. All right, Scott, any new big projects on DashingNerds.com? Um, I'm currently actually writing a article that compares Horizon's take on the open world with Zelda's take on the open world. So that should be in about a week or so that'll be up. And then we're also going to be doing a uh, a look back and kind of thoughts cast on Zelda in the next week or so over at Dashing Nerds. So lots of stuff uh, lots of stuff being worked on. And then time hops every week. So Very cool. We'll check them out there. Also on Twitter at SolidSnake120. And uh, Scott, thank you for time. Thank you for calling in. Always good to be here, Pete. Thanks for having me. And joining us from New York, Ken, welcome back to the Power Switch. Hey, thanks for having me again. No problem. Uh, We were talking a bit before the show. You have beaten The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which for as early as you did, that's that's (laughs) got to be be crazy. I was looking at your Twitter and thinking like you had to have been doing nothing else but eat, sleep, and play Zelda. I barely ate, to be be honest. Oh, God. And and sleeping, I could only imagine. Yeah, I took off that Friday from work, so I started playing basically Thursday at midnight um, after the launch. I played all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and then, yeah, beat, beat it for the weekend was up. Wow, I, that's that's got to well, be I nice. Just, that's got to be nice. <laughs> by beating it, I just mean the main storyline as well. I'm still probably like only like 30 or 40% through the game entirely. Oh, of so. course, of course. I mean, I, I you know, for yeah. Gerard, the completionist and his YouTube channel, I mean, you know, heaven forbid people, the people are critiquing him and saying, Oh, you don't have a video ready for launch day. Like, <laughs> do you realize like how big this game is? Yeah. And he's, he's got a, he says he's got a month and that's, that's probably fine for him. Like, I, I can only imagine when he makes that video, but yeah, there's, there's so much to that game. Uh, obviously spoiler free. I mean, what are your thoughts as someone who's, who's beaten the game? It's my new favorite Zelda. Good, good. By That's far, good to hear. like uh, honestly, the entire time I enjoyed my experience. I really had no big issues. Like, there's a couple of nitpicks here and there, but nothing to like mark it down a letter grade in terms of gameplay or overall experience. So. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. it's really it's 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 like perfect in my mind. Wow, that's that's really good to hear. Uh, I think that's going to be really the interesting thing to see is you know when more people beat the game and you know how the public perception of Breath of the Wild kind of formulates, and when you start comparing it to something like Ocarina of Time, and uh, you know, how that kind of stands up. Did you have any particular memories? You know, big moments that you kind of amazed you. Or, you know, deaths that made you laugh or anything like that? Oh, uh, yeah. I have a couple of good death stories. Mm-hmm. Um, when you finally go towards, like, uh, the Goron area where mm-hmm. it's all, like, fire and whatnot. Yep. 
the the fire physics in the game are incredibly brutal. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh god. While fighting, I took out an ice arrow to shoot an enemy. After I let go of the arrow, it instantly melted. So the arrow just disappeared completely. Didn't do any damage whatsoever. Hmm. And when you take out a bomb arrow, because the area is very flammable, yeah. taking out a bomb arrow kills you, like blows up instantly as you draw the bow. That's, so you can't use oh, those wow, either. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. There's a lot of fire mechanics. I don't want to get into all of them, but like it, it's probably the most brutal part of the game when you get to, get to the fire area. I, I know when I get hit by a fire arrow in particular, like that you know, just kills you instantly. And it's just like, or it feels that way at least. And like that's that's really tough. Yeah, it's interesting too because like uh, the fire area was the, actually the last part of the game in terms of like temple wise I went to. Oh, interesting. I figure, okay. I couldn't figure out how to get to it technically. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find any fires resistant clothing. I didn't know how to make the elixir for it at all. Mm-hmm. So the entire game, I just kept like having to avoid the volcano because I just couldn't get there. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And yeah. that that just shows you know the how well designed it is that you can really go out of order. I mean, what I did is I got uh, you could buy elixirs, uh, fire elixirs from the stable that's nearby there's a woman sitting there and you can buy fire elixirs that uh give you like six minutes 10 seconds of uh and that that, at least one of those gives gave me enough time to go into the town and then buy uh fire resistant clothing yeah eventually i started like going around the side of the mountain and kept finding all these fire resistant lizards Mm -hmm. and there's a guy at the base of the mountain who wants lizards for his clothing and then he gives you fire resistant clothing. So like, okay, and okay. I got into the mountain. Oh, that's, that's, but I kept having to like run in, grab a lizard, run out, like go back and forth, back and forth over and over again. That's actually, really that's, that's better than uh, how expensive the fire clothing got. I mean, because I think you needed like two of those to have full protection from fire. And like, oh, mm-hmm. that was, you know, almost like 1500 rupees. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. And that's really interesting too. I mean, you know, the first big hurdle in the game is, how to protect yourself from ice, uh, from the cold. And to hear all the different stories on how people are solving that puzzle is really interesting. Like, you know, whether you carry a torch up the mountain or you keep oh. making you know, spicy food for yourself or what I did, there, there's a book that tells you a recipe on, if you find this recipe, I'll give you a piece of clothing that you know uh, prevents you from cold. And like, so that's what I, followed and did oh, and so like there's it's really interesting just to see the design on how there are so many different ways to go about that puzzle i think that's gonna be the biggest part of this game is the fact that everyone's crafting their own story there's really no wrong way to go you can solve puzzles in a multitude of ways mm-hmm. like my, me and my buddy are having completely different experiences he went down to the south first and went to the gerudo at, uh valley for the first area wow first really temple. yeah like no one i've seen no everyone seems to be going zora first but he went right to gerudo by accident yeah so. yeah it just goes to show you can do anything you want in this game. That's that's remarkable. That's that's really yeah. cool. Uh, so I guess you know if we're if we're naming races, which it, I I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a spoiler really per se. I mean it, it's in all the the marketing. You're seeing all the different characters. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm being vague too. Right. In terms of areas. Right. And, and you know if again if, if people are still doing the media blackout thing, if they're doing it at, the, at this point, you know I mean, have to help you. I mean, uh, so yeah, I've I've done. If we're talking then that I've I've done Zora, I've done Goron, and now I'm at uh, gonna start Rito, so I'm, oh, okay. I'm so I'm leaving Gerudo for last. Um, yeah, I did uh, the Rito second, so okay. Yeah, that, yeah is, that is interesting. Um, but yeah, the the dungeons are really cool. Uh, and you know, forgot to mention that during the show here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a definitely a different way of kind of mixing it up. You know, all the different shrines to kind of have the you know traditional Zelda like puzzles, and they're all so clever, uh, except for just you know. 
here's a, a battle against a guardian. Like, okay, it's it's almost like a, a cop out there. Oh, um, wait till later. There's somewhere you don't even do a battle. It's just you walk in and the items, just, you just walk to the shrine because getting to the shrine itself was the challenge. Oh, interesting. So you walk in and it's like, oh, here's a blessing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's that's like, so okay, cool. I guess yep. that makes sense. That's... But like, I've hit like four or five of those. Like, okay, I guess no challenge here. Thank you. It's just a shrine. That's pretty cool. I, I think I'm at a... I'm around like a 20, like five or so, like 25 shrines in. I know there's like around 120, so there's like there's still a lot to go. But I'm, I'm trying to get a good chunk. Whenever I come across, I'm like I, because I know it creates a warp point. Like I'll I'll go to it and I'll I'll make sure to get that. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's just really interesting. Um, just again, you gotta harp on the spoiler free because you know how people are these days. But mm-hmm. uh, the ending of the game, you're you're satisfied? Like it's it's a good ending in your eyes or? Um, the ending I got was very good. I need to go back though and do it again though. Interesting. I think there are multiple, multiple, multiple endings wow. to this game. Wow. Yeah, because the ending I got, it seemed like everything wrapped up, but then someone said something. I'm like, oh, I forgot to do that. So I started up the game again. I went to back to a previous save file, finished up a quest, and then it's like, okay, now you should go do something. I'm like, oh, this is a completely different ending then, isn't it? So I'm not, I can't say for sure if there's different Weird. endings, but it feels like there is. Oh, that's that's interesting. I have not heard that possible. That, see, there you go. There's a tease to whet the appetite and uh, do some research and, into that. And there's also the possibility people who go and fight Ganon right away, you can go right to the castle and fight whatever is there right away. Right, right. I've, I know people are doing that, and it's extremely difficult. I don't even think it's possible, but something different does happen if you go there first before any other temple. Mm-hmm. After I beat the game, I'm going to be really interested to see the the speed running. Like that's yeah. It's going to be you know, some, some interesting potential there for sure. What do you think of the voice acting? Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the accents, you know, were unexpected. Uh, you know, if yeah. you, uh, you know, factor the, the trailers and all that, like they kind of hinted that was coming. Uh, I think the, it's more the localization of the script is very good that it still, mm-hmm. you know, provides characters with a lot of, you know, suffice to say character. Uh, but, you know, some of the voice deliveries, you know, okay, it's it's all right. It's not oh spectacular. I'm spellbound, but I, I think it's serviceable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Zelda's voice took a while to get used to mm, because yes. it just seemed yes. so over the top and like almost like Shakespearean. Yeah, in a way. yeah. Everyone else that I've had no problems with, just because I think I don't like they're all new characters to me. Zelda's just the one like established character. I'm like, hmm, don't picture you sounding like that. Yeah, but. yeah, and it's you know, it's this whole thing with you know why Link can never have one because like, you kind of have a kind of expectation of what the voice would generally be like. Zelda doesn't necessarily fit. What I think most people would be, but I'm, you know, the, the performance is fine, but it's, it's, it, yeah, as you said, it takes getting used to. Now without spoilers, have you seen any of those memories yet? Have you unlocked any of those? I got one. Um, Only one. okay. It was the one where with the four champions and, and, you know, Link and Zelda and then, and it's, you know, right, as the calamity starts yep. to happen, yeah. Yep, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's the one that like it's it's teased like the Lanayru area. So I mean, that's the only one I've found, and it was basically the only spot that I think I had really, because you know, just looking up like, oh, where are the locations? I'm curious, and it was the only one I had kind of unlocked on the map visually at the moment. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I guess I'll go do that one. But now that I've opened up more of the map, I should kind of go look back into that. 
there's a guy in each town too. He's a painter guy where his head literally is like a paintbrush. Oh, is that, him is, out, is that Picago or whatever his name? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, okay. If you help him out, he has like a different like quest every time you see him. He'll tell you like, oh, I know that area. That area is by blank blank. Like, so he'll tell, he'll show you the, he'll show the memory, uh, like the photo. And then he says, oh, that's where that is. So that's really helpful. Come to think of, of it. Yeah. He was the one who mentioned that Lanayru one. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise those are really far out of the way sometimes. Okay. Neat. That's, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, but overall, I'm really enjoying the game. It's my favorite Zelda yet. I feel like it cherry-picked a bunch of, like, the best elements from all the past Zeldas. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm seeing a little bit of Majora's Mask in here, a little bit of Twilight Princess, a lot of Wind Waker, too. I feel like a little bit of everything, and that's really all you could ask for. It's a really solid experience. Yeah, and, you know, beyond Zelda games, too, I, you know, it definitely wasn't made in a bubble, and it's, you know, oh, definitely it's not, taking no. a... It was really, really well done, and that's, uh, is this something that you're going to try to complete? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Good. I'm going to start Good. playing it again right after we're done with this. So. Yeah. Same here, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to, but I think that might be, you know, a throughout the year kind of project. I mean, just with spring games here, I mean, Mass Effect is two weeks from today. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting in on that. And then two weeks after that, it's Persona 5. So, uh, you have a busy uh, schedule coming yeah, up. Yeah. Then I, I got to fit Horizon in there somewhere after that. I mean, ukulele, it'll be, it'll be there. So, oh my God, ukulele. So, uh, there, there are a lot of games, a lot of games this spring. But I think, you know, throughout the course of the year, and then I did get the season pass as well. So when the DLC yep, pops, when the DLC pops up, you know, I'll, I'll be right back into it. Awesome. All right. Well, Ken, people can find you on Twitter at kindking01. Yes, yes. Uh, anything else that you want to plug? Uh, just my YouTube, and my Twitch, same thing, Kind King Zero One. I'm on there every week, so. Very cool. Well, thanks for calling in. Good to get a perspective of someone who's <laughs> remarkably beaten it already, who's you know <laughs> even not in the press and all that. So, kudos to you, and uh, thank you for calling in. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. All right. When we come back, I will touch on my history with The Legend of Zelda as a franchise, and which games have I played, which ones have I missed out on. That's all. When we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's tempo control music is brought to you by Journey. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymes with Asia. Let's get to a new segment. I'll call it what it means to me. And I'd like to kind of use this segment to go over a uh, specific game series, especially when it is prevalent in news with the you know release and whatnot. And we've been talking about The Legend of Zelda this week. So let me talk about my experience, my history with The Legend of Zelda. And we can kind of use it as a, a springboard to kind of briefly touch on uh, my history with games overall. I mean, I grew up, you know, I think the first game I remember playing was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But I was playing that at like a family member's house, like a, an aunt uncle's house. They just had a Sega Genesis and on holidays I'd oh, what's this? And, and try to play it. And that's, that's good. Um, but, you know, played lots of PC games. I mean, just, you know, dumb things, uh, you know, educational games. Lemmings is somewhere in there. Uh, things like, you know, Logical Journey of the Zumbinis, you know, just Math Blaster, just dumb shit like that. Uh, a lot of sports games. Uh, NHL 99 was a big one. But as far as the first game system that I owned was a handheld with Game Boy Color. And that would be with Pokemon Blue. This would probably be in 1999. Uh, Game Boy Color, I think, came out in November 98 in North America. And, you know, 98 was when 
Pokemon was taking off was when it was released, at least stateside here, uh, with the anime, all that. So I was kind of, in, as a fan on the ground level, close to it at least, it, with the TV show, you know, watching that when it, it came out and launched. But with the game, it took a little bit. Uh, and so in 99, I got a Game Boy Color and played Pokemon. Uh, you know, Pokemon Crystal, Gold and Silver, all that. That was, you know, kind of into 2000. But 2001 was my first Zelda game, and that was The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. An odd one to uh, have it be the first Zelda game with the Oracle games in particular. Uh, you know, my parents were always concerned about the whole, you know, you don't want it to ruin your grades, all that. They're, you know, concerned about that. Uh, so there were strict time limits on when I played games. Uh, so it was an odd upbringing as far as me with video games in particular. And so it took serious convincing uh, the parents to, uh, with my brother, to get a Nintendo GameCube. But this was in the fall of 2003. Uh, and we wanted to get it specifically for Super Smash Brothers Melee. But this is two years after the GameCube was already out. Uh, this was after Wind Waker was already out. Uh, and it really wasn't until college when I dove into games hard. And it was with, you know, a, a residence hall that was big into Smash Brothers Melee. And so that was an easy connection. But then it starts with the hype of Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Obviously, you could say that my Show Me Your News podcast, uh, you know, talking about Brawl, kind of just helped build this fascination about games and you know, paying attention to what what is this E3? And it's, well, it's where game news breaks. And so, oh, well, what other, you know, game news takes place? And so when that show moved from Smash Brothers Brawl news to games as a whole, uh, you know, that kind of really fueled uh, the passion for games that I, I continue uh, today. But college was where not only did I really dive into games as a whole, but it was also where I played The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on a ROM on PC. Uh, and this was before the Wii came out. Wii was 2006. That was my freshman year. So November 2006. I would say that yes, it was September of 2006. I played Ocarina of Time for the first time. You know, through whatever means on the on the PC. You know how to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was fascinating. Because it's like, oh yeah, I, I really liked The Legend of Zelda with Oracle of Ages. And so... Going through Ocarina of Time and experiencing that game and on multiple playthroughs, you know, tinkering then with the the codes and all those L to levitate fascinations there. And then the Wii comes out uh, November 2006, still my freshman year, and I get Twilight Princess at launch on Wii. So there was that that I played right after that. Uh, saw a hallmate play Wind Waker. And I'm like, it's the Legend of Zelda. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's the Wind Waker. It came out on GameCube a few years ago. Like, I had a GameCube, but I had no idea this existed. So I played Wind Waker after Twilight Princess. And, uh, you know, so within that year to play Bam Bam Bam, like, you know, Ocarina, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, like my you know fascination with games kind of coincides with my fascination with The Legend of Zelda. And so it's it's an important franchise to me, you know, along with Pokemon is kind of my interest in games as a whole. And it's a really important franchise to me. So I kind of wanted to go through the his series history of the main entries of Legend of Zelda, kind of just touch on which I've played, which I haven't, which I've only experienced so much. So uh, just really quickly here, uh, Legend of Zelda, NES, uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. I have not played these. Uh, I probably should eventually play at least the original one, but uh, that would take a guide because of how just, you know, notoriously difficult and, you know, obtuse it is for the time. Uh, Link to the Past, I 
played part of you know in that college time on on uh, Wii Virtual Console, but as I mentioned, you know I only beat it for the first time just this past week, right before Switch launch, and that's it's an excellent game. Link's Awakening, you know I got a few dungeons into it, you know Chain Chomp and all, but uh, it was on my 3DS for the Virtual Console, and then the uh, SD card corrupted, so I've kind of lost that to the wind. It was good though. I should go back to that one sometime for sure. Ocarina of Time played tons of times, you know, starting back in college there. Majora's Mask I've only beaten uh, through emulation like that. And I can appreciate what Majora's Mask is, you know, bold storytelling for the time. But I really do not like the uh, the time limitations. Now, I should give it another chance with, uh, with on the 3DS and how it makes things clear with, like, the Bomber's Notebook and all that. Uh, I really should give that a chance. Do have the game on 3DS there, but it's just something I need to eventually get back to. But I did beat it once, uh, though it was through the emulation there. Oracle of Seasons, I've played a little bit of, but ages I did beat. Uh, that was the one I had. My brother had Seasons, I just never had an interest to go do that. We did all the trading stuff, uh, that was all really interesting. That was uh, that was neat to do back in the day for sure. Four Swords, I have not touched. Uh, Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game. Uh, you know, playing that one, and then also, you know, the HD version, like that's, it's up there in my top five favorite games of all time. Uh, I just have a, a real soft spot like that. That one in particular, you know, struck me and, you know, I really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, Four Swords Adventures, we had my friend Miles, uh, you may know him as Super or Soul Harath. He uh, brought it over sometime, he uh, brought over all the, the Game Boy Advances with the link cables and we played a little bit of that. I think we got maybe like the second dungeon in that game. It was pretty fun, but didn't go much further than that. Minish Cap, I did a little bit of. Uh, maybe got to the second dungeon there. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good one. That's another one I, I should revisit. Twilight Princess, I, I played that one, I'd maybe say six, seven times. I just I both Wii and GameCube. Uh, that's that's a really really fun one. I have you know fond memories of Twilight Princess, especially to go after Ocarina of Time playing it in college, and then followed right up with Twilight Princess. And you see the different homages. I mean, with you know the Temple of Time and the the different bosses there. I mean, the, there's a lot of great memories there with Twilight Princess. Phantom Hourglass was one of the games I got along with Pokemon Pearl when I got a DS Lite. Uh, so I I played through that one mostly, and it was right at the end. I could not get through the last run of the Temple of the Ocean King that led to the final boss, so I stopped it there. Yeah, I enjoyed that game mostly, but man, when everyone says it's the Temple of the Ocean King that ruins that game, it it's really does. It's it's really true. Uh, Spirit Tracks. I tried to play Spirit Tracks last year, the year before that, pretty recently, within the last couple of years. Uh, I, I tried to get only so far, and it's it just didn't catch me the same way. Uh, I know people enjoy that game, but... It was more of the same, you know, DS style control, and maybe it was just continuing to be burned out from Phantom Hourglass and, you know, playing controlling the same way. It just didn't really catch me the same way. Uh, Skyward Sword, I think I enjoy Skyward Sword more than most people do. Uh, I have a particular fondness for the soundtrack. Uh, it reminds me of when I was trying to beat that game before it came out through certain means uh, for showmeyournews.com at the time. And man, like before that game. Uh, release there were certain certain aspects where that that is difficult at points to try to figure out some of the puzzles um but you know to power through that game and it was 40 hours and there yeah there was a time where it was it was all i did for a couple days straight I, that's where you know if you have the time like man zelda games are a, a good time sink but 
then you know adult responsibilities catch up and all that good stuff but uh yeah i i recently replayed skyward sword and really enjoyed it it was nice to play that one on a, a normal pace as opposed to a a crunch sort of pace so uh, i i enjoy skyward sword i would say it's in my top five of zelda games but you know a lot of people didn't like the motion controls i mean they worked fine for me and i i, I do enjoy that game a whole lot Link Between Worlds is a special one, though. Uh, you know, for someone who didn't have the whole Link to the Past experience, and that's got to be a whole different thing when it it was Link to the Past 2 originally for Link Between Worlds. For those who have played a, a Link to the Past and have such fond memories of it, to see it carry over into Link Between Worlds, that, that had to be a special, special moment. But for me to play that, uh, you know, fresh, basically, that's still a really excellent game, uh, and especially on a 3DS handheld. Yeah, really, really good times with that one. Only a couple years ago, really. And then Triforce Heroes, we mentioned during the show, I haven't touched. Uh, just not at all. But that brings us to Breath of the Wild. And man, I'm, I'm 20 hours in. I cannot wait to get back to it. That's what I'm going to do after this show. <laughs> and uh, man, I, a lot of great memories with Zelda. And as I say, like, it has a connection with me when not only starting uh, to play games on a handheld and console basis... But when I really kind of dove in and, you know, had games be my passion in college and to talk about them and research them. And there's a lot for me to catch up on because I didn't, I wasn't, you know, an NES controller in my hands and I was three years old like that. That wasn't me. Uh, it's a, it's definitely a unique history, whether it's, you know, with parental, you know, discretion there or just, uh, you know, different passions at the time. But uh, you know, gaming is, is my passion now, and it's something you can continue as an adult when you're married, all that good stuff. It's just moderation and balance, but yeah, The Legend of Zelda means a whole lot to me, and so I'm, I'm always glad to talk about it and other games. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ThePowerSwitch. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, and in these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. Uh, if there's a YouTube video to watch, Persona 5 preview embargo is up. Timed it with a sizzle reel. Uh, that is getting me really, really excited for the game. I know there's Zelda here. Couple weeks we'll have Mass Effect Andromeda. Couple weeks after that, it's Persona 5. That's that's really, really exciting. But that sizzle reel has got me amped. And that game is hitting April 4th. That should be really, really good. Anyway, keep at it with Zelda. I you know hope that if you're playing it, you're really enjoying it. Uh, let's let's push to the ending. It may take some time, but I definitely do want to have a spoiler cast in a few weeks' time where we can just really delve into all the details there and uh, you know have as many people call in as possible to talk about what they thought about the game, its ending, all that good stuff. Uh, so we'll hopefully line up another guest for this Saturday. It's uh, in between a couple trips. I have a day trip to Indianapolis in a couple days. I have a trip to Atlanta starting on Sunday. That'll be for the first half of next week. So maybe we'll have another show from the road next week, but hopefully Saturday we'll have another show with another guest. So look forward to that. Stay tuned to the Discord channel and Twitter as that develops. Uh, regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I am Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, 
Call in. Game on.